turn in your Bibles to 1 Samuel chapter number 8. 1 Samuel chapter number 8. We'll read the entirety of the chapter for our study this morning. 1 Samuel chapter number 8. We'll begin at verse number 1. Samuel chapter 8. Chapter number 8, beginning with verse 1. As is our custom, let us stand in honor and reverence to God's holy word. 1 Samuel 8, verse number 1. When Samuel became old, he made his sons judges over Israel. The name of his firstborn son was Joel. The name of the second, Abijah. They were judges in Beersheba. Yet his sons did not walk in his ways, but turned aside after gain. They took bribes and perverted justice. Then all the elders of Israel gathered together and came to Samuel at Ramah and said to him, Behold, you are old and your sons do not walk in your ways. Now appoint for us a king to judge us like all the nations. But the king, but this thing displeased Samuel when they said, give us a king to judge us. And Samuel prayed to the Lord. The Lord said to Samuel, obey the voice of the people and all that they say to you. For they have not rejected you, but they have rejected me from being king over them. According to all the deeds that they have done from the day I brought them out of Egypt, even to this day, forsaking me and serving other gods, so they also are doing to you. Now then, obey their voice. Only you shall solemnly warn them and show them the ways of the king who shall reign over them. So Samuel told all the words of the Lord to the people who were asking for a king from him. He said, these will be the ways of the king who will reign over you. He will take your sons and appoint them to his chariots and to be his horsemen and to run before his chariots. And he will appoint for himself commanders of thousands and commanders of fifties and some to plow his ground and to reap his harvest and to make his implements of war and the equipment of his chariots. He will take your daughters to be perfumers and cooks and bakers. He will take the best of your fields and vineyards and olive orchards and give them to his servants. 
He will take the tenth of your grain and of your vineyards and give it to his officers and to his servants. He will take your male servants and female servants and the best of your young men and your donkeys and put them to his work. He will take the tenth of your flocks and you shall be his slaves. And that day you will cry out because of your king whom you have chosen for yourselves. But the Lord will not answer you in that day. But the people refused to obey the voice of Samuel. And they said, no, but there shall be a king over us that we also may be like all the nations and that our king may judge us and go out before us and fight our battles. And when Samuel had heard all the words of the people, he repeated them in the ears of the Lord. The Lord said to Samuel, obey their voice and make them a king. Samuel then said to the men of Israel, go every man to his city. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. After a period of wicked and weak leadership, Israel has had in Samuel a faithful judge, prophet, and leader. There is a sense of security in this type of leader. But now, Israel is faced with a dilemma. Their trusted leader has turned old. He doesn't have much time left on the earth. Samuel, however, has not left Israel without leaders. He has installed and appointed his sons to be judges. How However, Israel doesn't want them as leaders. These sons of Samuel don't have the same God-fearing character as their father. They can be bought and they pervert justice. The elders of Israel see clearly that they are in trouble once Samuel dies. They have a, a leadership problem. And rightly, they go to Samuel to address this problem. And in verse 5, the solution that they have to their problem is to request a king. And the text says in verse 6 that this displeased Samuel. But they have a greater problem. And I want us to look at that this morning, the problem and the solution. That's the simple sermon this morning, the problem and the solution. Let's look at the greater problem of Israel. The greatest problem of Israel, according to the Lord, is that they reject God as their king. Notice, in this rejection, 
we see three different types of problems. The first problem that we see for Israel is that they have an identity problem. They have an identity problem. Notice in verse 5, their request is for a certain kind of king. They want a king like all the nation. We see that same phrase at the end in verse 20, where they say, after they've been warned of the type of king they will have, they say, no, make us a king like all the nation. And beloved, therein lies the problem. They want to be like who they are supposed to be unlike. Israel, remember, God brought them out of Egypt, delivered them, and he formed them into a nation. They were to be his people and he would be their God. And God said, you will be a holy nation. To, 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 to be a holy nation is to be, uh, to be unlike the nations. They were to be different, distinct. They were to, to, to be a set, of, set apart from the nations. Yet, here, they don't want to be holy. They want to be common. They want to be both in the world and of the world. They have, they want to conform to the nation. Israel wants to be like the nations, but they forgot that their God had called them to be not like the nations, but a light to the nations. In Isaiah chapter 49, verse 6, the Lord says about Israel, I will make you as a light to the nations, that my salvation may reach to the ends of the earth. They were to be a light to the nations, to show, to, to, to attract them, uh, uh, to, to be attractive by their holiness so that they will come to know that Yahweh is the Lord. But now, the light wants to join with the darkness. They are rejecting their identity as a holy people of God and wanting to be like the nations. And beloved, lest we think that this problem is just like is isolated to Israel, we as the people of God suffer with this same problem. We would rather conform to the world rather than being transformed by the renewing of our minds. We, we are not only in the world, but all too often we allow the world to get into us. The church in 1 Peter is said to be a holy nation, a chosen people, a royal priesthood. But all too often, we are not very holy. We are just like the world. And like Israel, we don't allow God's word to form and shape our worldview and our convictions. We allow the world to shape us and mold us. 
just listen to Christians talk about all the hot topics in the culture and we sound just like the world. There is nothing holy about how we talk, nothing holy about how we think, nothing holy about our world view. We are no longer holy, word-abiding people of God. And unfortunately, in the church, God's word doesn't always rule our hearts. We are ruled by our own logic. We forgot all about Proverbs 3, which says, lean not unto your own understanding. But that's what we do. We go ahead and we lean into our own understanding. We, we are ruled by our own logic and rationality. We are ruled by our own sentimentalism. By the way, you do know what sentimentalism is, right? Sentimentalism is love with no truth. And that's part of the problem we have in truth. We are, we, we, we are compromising on our convictions in the name of love. Woo! This is not a birthday word. <laughs> Beloved, when we conform, we are no longer light and salt in the world. We are just like the world. They have an identity problem. But not only do they have an identity problem, they also have an idolatry problem. I'm in the text. Look, look at verse 7. Samuel goes, he prays to the Lord about Israel's request for a king like the nations. And the Lord says to Samuel, obey the voice of the people in all that they say to you. For they have not rejected you, but have rejected me from being king over them. According to all the deeds that they have done from the day I brought them out of Egypt, even to this day, they have forsaken me and serving other gods, so they are also doing to you. And asking for God, they have rejected God as king. They want something in the place of God to do the things that God has already been doing for them. Notice what they want. They want someone to lead them, to go out before them. This Has God not been doing that since he brought them out of Egypt? They wanted someone to judge them, but God had already proven in Samuel that he would provide them with faithful judges. They wanted someone to fight their battles, but it's as if they forgot just last week from 1 Samuel chapter 7 that when they had a, a Philistine problem, God showed up once they repented. God showed up and delivered them and fought their battle. They Now they're talking, now they say we want a king to do that instead of God. Here, their problem is that they no longer are pleased with the invisible king leading them. They want a visible king, just like the nations. The problem for Israel is that they had grown weary of walking by faith. And so now they want a king so that they can walk by sight. 
And their solution to their leadership problem is to replace God with government. They want monarchy rather than theocracy. They, they want government to take the role of God. And God says this is outright idolatry. Beloved, is this not the church at large today? All too often we place security and trust in everything but God. We, we, we too are like Israel in replacing God with government. We've seen the church in its history here in America sell out its soul and sacrifice its witness in the world for the sake of certain presidents and Supreme Court justices. Yeah, I said it, and that's what, because y'all, because uh, we are guilty. We've seen the church get in bed with politics, and unfortunately, anytime time the church gets in bed with politics, the church gets raped. But such is the cost of idolatry for the church. They wanted security from government when they already had it with God. That they had an idolatry problem. But then not only, I'll, I'll get us out of here. I want some tacos too. <laughs> not only did they have an identity problem and an, uh, an idolatry problem, but they also had an irrational problem. Watch me. Verse 9. Only you shall solemnly warn them. After God tells Samuel has prayed to the Lord, the Lord says to Samuel, obey their voice. Then he says this, watch this. Only you shall solemnly warn them and show them the ways of the king who shall reign over them. God, even when he's been rejected, is still merciful. He gives them now an opportunity to change their mind. To turn from their rejection of them. He says, tell them what they're about to get with this king. So Samuel starts warning them of the type of king they will have and what this king will do to them. The word that is continuous, continuously repeated throughout verses 10 through 19 is take. Watch me. Verse 11. He will take your sons and appoint them to his chariots. Verse 13. He will take your daughters to performers and cooks, uh, to be uh, performers and cooks, perfumers, excuse me, and cooks and bakers. 
Verse 14, he will take the best of your fields and vineyards. Verse 15, he will take the tenth of your grain and of your vineyards and give it to his own officers and to his servants. Verse 16, he will take your male servants and female servants and the best of your young men and, and your donkeys and put them to his work. Verse 17, he will take the tenth of your flocks and you shall be his slaves. Samuel's word to Israel is this. This king that you want so badly, all he's going to do is take, take, take. And what's ironic, y'all, is when you go back to the beginning of chapter 8, they don't want Samuel's sons because they, 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 are, they accept bribes and they pervert justice. But yet, God tells them, you're going to get a king that's going to oppress you, and that's going to enact an injustice towards you. God warns them that if you go through with this request, if you don't turn from your rejection of me, this king, I'm going to give you what you asked for, but you need to realize that this king will be the gift that keeps on taking. You have been warned. And after hearing all of that, verse 19, how do the people respond? <laughs> nope. There shall be a king over us like all the nations. They have been warned that this king will be an unfit leader. And the people of Israel say, we don't care how unfit he is. They, 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 the, the people of Israel will say, character doesn't matter when it comes to a president, I mean a king. And for the record, I'm talking to Democrats and Republicans. They have been warned that this king will, will, will take from you and give it to his cabinet members. I mean, he will give it to his officers and his servants. They have been warned that this king will enact injustice, yet they have their hearts set on having a king like the nations. And watch this, watch this. A king like the nations is exactly what they will get. Wow. A king who cares more about his own reputation, about his own wealth. That's all. That's what the other nations have, and that's what Israel is about to get. Their hearts are so set on conforming to the world that they are now being irrational. Let, let me, y'all know I had to have an eye to, for my points, but here's what I really mean by irrational. They are a bunch of fools. And I didn't make that up. Proverbs chapter 12, verse 15 says, the way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but a wise man listens to advice. They have been given advice, wisdom straight from the Lord, and they say, nope, give us our king. That's the problem. 
And 1 Samuel chapter 8, what's the solution? Secondly, what's the solution? Here's the solution. God gives them exactly what they ask for. They reject God. God approves their request. Verse 22, when the Lord said to Samuel, obey their voice and make them a king. God acquiesces to their request. Watch this. Let's say it like this. God answers their prayer. Beloved, we have to be very careful of what we ask the Lord for. We must ask of God the things that are according to his will. That's why some of the best prayers we can pray is, Lord, if it's not your will, don't do it. Block it. Sometimes answered prayer is not a sign of God's favor or approval, but a sign of God's judgment. Sometimes God give, gives us what we want because what we ask for demonstrates our rebellion against God. Sometimes answered prayer is the result of our own resistance to following what God has already revealed in his word. That's what happens to Israel. The phrase, uh, the phrase that's repeated in 1 Samuel 8 is this, obey their voice. The word obey is shema in the Hebrew, which means to hear or listen. And so God tells Samuel over and over again, listen to their voice. God essentially says to Samuel, since they won't listen to my voice, you listen to their voice. Listen to the voices that reject me as their king. Beloved, when we refuse to submit and put ourselves under the authority of God's word, we suffer the results of our rejection. God will allow us to suffer the consequences of our foolishness. I'm done. Y'all find the music? Oh, there they are. Come on, musicians. Israel wants a king who will take. What they need is a king who will give. What we need is a king who will give. Is that not what God provided in Jesus? Mark tells us in chapter 10, verses 44 and 45, that Jesus came not to take, not to be served, but to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. Jesus gave so that we could have eternal life. Beloved, Jesus is the king that we are called to bow to in submission and allegiance every day. Someone might be here today. Someone may be on this stream. The call, the response for you today is to bow down to King Jesus. 
come to him by faith. You stand under the king's wrath because you have committed treason against him and his kingdom. You have rebelled against the king of kings. And as a result, you deserve death capital punishment, but the king of kings sent the king and he, another king, and that king took on the form of a slave, put on humanity, and he went to the cross obediently to die, not for his sins, but for the sins of the world. And if you will run to the cross, run to Jesus, submit to his authority, you will be saved, rescued, delivered from God's and you will have eternal life. That's the king we need. That's the king God has provided. So come to this king by faith. Submit to his authority by faith, by putting all of your trust and hope in this king. But, but those of us who have been rescued by this king, we still have to, re to wrestle with the question of, Am I submitting to my king in every area of daily life? That's what we need to wrestle with. Y'all done talked about this king of kings. You have proclaimed that he reigns over my circumstances. You have talked, called him the great Jehovah, the ruler of everything. But are you obeying him in everything? Are you a loyal, faithful citizen of the kingdom? Or are you like Israel? And you are putting things in the place that only God deserves. They wanted government. We often do too. But sometimes our idolatry comes in our bank accounts our 401ks, our careers, and seeking approval from others. Beloved, what are you today? What are you looking to for security? Where is your trust this morning? Worship team, you can come back. Some questions. Now the question that we have to wrestle with as a result of today's word is, in what area of life am I being foolish like Israelites and not listening to wise counsel? How am I like Israel rejecting God as king? That's what we need to wrestle with this week. Are we loyal and faithful to our king? Does he have our soul allegiance? Father in heaven, we've heard clearly from your word on this morning. And this morning we are reminded that there is nobody like you, O oh Lord. There is no king like the king of heaven and earth. So God, 
reign in our life, reign in this church, reign in our community, reign over all this world. Give us, God, submissive hearts, obedient hearts, loyal hearts. Forgive us when we are not, oh God. Have mercy upon us. Lord, we need you. God, so often we are just like Israel. Rather than crying out to you to solve our problems, we try to solve it with our own power. So forgive us, Lord. Help us, God. God, we need to know, we need to be reminded that you are a king who is always with us, who is always for us. Change us, oh God. Help us, God, to live under the authority of the word of the kingdom. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.